What's up, everybody? The regular season is over, and everybody's looking forward to the postseason. It's a good time to talk about an 18 playoff, and specifically, what an 18 playoff would actually look like. Let's get into it. Hey, it was BYOG, bring your own guts! Fourth and five, the national championship on the line. Got the big man! I think Notre Dame got it like that! What's up, everybody? Let's Talk College Football Podcast. Michael Kirkring here. And with the postseason coming up, there's so much to go over. I think it's a good time to focus on general issues and big-time discussions surrounding college football, right? You can do it in the preseason or in the offseason, but this is a good time because we're still technically in the season, so everybody's mind is still really focused on football, but we don't have games every week. We're getting ready for bowl games. We're projecting to the New Year's Six and the playoff games and all that stuff. And when I was watching, you know, the selection shows last week, and of course this year it was it was pretty easy as far as the playoff was concerned. And then you had some controversy maybe with some of the bowl games seating based on, you know, some weird conference ties that created some drama there. But, but of course, you know, when you're watching... We get to this same conversation every year. Some years we're having it, you know, more often than not throughout the year. But every year around the time we do the selection, there's the whole, you know, 18 playoff crowd. And you've been hearing cries of an 18 playoff. Hell, even before we had a 14 playoff, right? That's what some people wanted it to go to originally. And we finally got to the 14 playoff, and then now we've been having nonstop cries for an 18 playoff. Some people are adamantly against it. A lot of people are for it. The reality is what both sides of that argument need to, you know, acknowledge is that there are huge camps for both, especially the 18 playoff camp. It is big. It does seem like we are going to get an 18 playoff sooner than later. Like it, when we first got the 14 playoff, Right, and we signed this big twelve-year contract with it. That that was the law, right? And they were like, "Look, we got this for twelve years, and maybe an eighteen playoff is kind of something to be talked about one day." But we got this twelve-year contract. That was the the talk, you know, when the playoff first started, especially early on. Every year since then, they've sort of made it seem like, well, maybe it can get done sooner than twelve years. Maybe this is a real thing that can get done, and. I think it's important for people to understand what an 18 playoff or which is essentially a new era of college football what that new era would look like, right? Now before we get into that, let's go over, you know, the old systems and, and like how we got here, right? A, a trip down memory lane. So, if you remember anything prior to 1998, so basically all of college football through 1998 
we essentially had the same system. There were little tweaks, but it was basically what I call the, the pole era. That's what most people would refer to this time as, right? The pole era, where college football was, it was a national sport. You know, it was on TV, especially late into this era, obviously. But it was all about winning conferences, winning divisions. You had your rivalries. And then at the end of the year, there were these bowl games, right? Obviously now we have, we have tons of bowl games. Back then, it started off with what we essentially now call the New Year's Six or those BCS Bowls. Those were the bowls you would go, right? If you won the Big Ten, whether you were undefeated or whatever you were, you would go to the Rose Bowl. You'd play the winner of the Pac-10, right? Sugar Bowl was always usually SEC Big 12. You had the Orange Bowl, right? And there were a lot more independents. Remember, like Miami, Florida State, a lot of these teams are independent back then along with your Notre Dames, right? Nebraska is always good. So you would go to your bowl games, right, based on the tie-ins alone, and then at the end of the year, once the bowl game results were done, people would vote on who the national championship was. You could almost say it's a lot like the Heisman race, right? Like, teams are doing their work all year long, racking up votes, and then the bowl game is kind of like that finale, and you, you weren't going to ever win or get ranked number one if you lost that bowl game, and it was almost, you almost didn't want to lose at all, right? I mean, you pretty much had to be undefeated in the poll era, get get rank, go to one of the big bowl games as the number one or two team, right? And, and the drama was more like, okay, well, if number one loses its bowl game over here, you might have number two win its bowl game over here and whatever, but you never had a true national championship game. Now, late into the poll era, we started to have the bowl alliance, which changed, but, but that's why you see, right? So like, I know what what's a big national championship game from before the you know, BCS area, you see like Miami, Nebraska, right? That's a classic game that gets put on TV a lot, right? Nebraska goes for two to try to beat Miami. They don't get it. Miami's the national champion that year. And that was considered like an underdog year for Miami kind of knocking off Nebraska. And if you look at that, that Orange Bowl, right? It was just the Orange Bowl at that, at that time. It wasn't a national championship game on, on paper, right? It was number one, Nebraska versus number four, Miami. And that year, Miami was doing really well. They knocked off Nebraska in the bowl game and jumped all the way to number one, right? So I forget exactly what was going on that season with the other bowl games, but basically Nebraska lost. That in itself didn't assure Miami the national championship, right? Number two, I'm not sure if number two won their bowl game or maybe they lost their bowl game, but whatever happened when it was all said and done, the voters voted that number four Miami team the national champions, right? Probably because they knocked off number one. Maybe number two lost their bowl game, which helped them out, but it was always scenarios like that. And then we had the bowl alliances kind of like later into the poll area, right? Especially like in the 90s where like the Fiesta Bowl and the Orange Bowl and the Sugar Bowl they had kind of agreed like, okay, we will rotate and try to put number one versus two in one game so that it is kind of the national championship. So for most of the 90s, this worked. This is what you got, right? So as a Florida State fan, I can remember, right, 1993 season, Nebraska and Florida State meet as number one versus number two in the same bowl game. That year it was the Orange Bowl, right? The next year, 94, it was Miami and Nebraska back in the Orange Bowl in 95. It was Miami, or sorry, I mean, it was Florida and Nebraska, right? These were these were number one versus two, right? And then in 96, you get a weird thing, right? Because the Rose Bowl never bought on to this. The Rose Bowl was always like, hey, 
we are not going to ever have anything other than Big Ten and Pac-12, and we're going to take those two champions. So in a year where the number one or two team was either from the Big Ten or Pac-12, right, unless it was each other, the Rose Bowl was basically would take away from the ability to have a national championship game. So 96, uh, Florida State's number one, and they're going to the Sugar Bowl to do the Bowl Alliance thing. However, number two was Arizona State. And Arizona State had to go to the Rose Bowl. So that means number three actually played Florida State. This was the Florida Gators getting a rematch, right, in the in the Sugar Bowl that year. So that morning when number two lost, right, Arizona State was knocked off by Ohio State in the Rose Bowl. All of a sudden, that one versus three game, the Sugar Bowl turned into a one versus two. And you basically had that, right? Or in 97, you didn't have a national championship game at all, right? Because number one, Michigan had to go to the Rose Bowl and played like number seven, Washington State. Meanwhile, number two and three played in the Orange Bowl. This was Nebraska and Tennessee. And that's why in 97, you have a split national title. So towards the end of the poll, you used to see split national titles all the time, right? The further back you go down the timeline, you'll see more and more of these split national title years. The closer we get to the end of the poll era, we only get a couple of them, right? Like 97 was one of the only ones that happened in all of the 90s, right? There were a couple in the 80s, but basically that's that's how it went, right? Then we finally moved to the BCS era, right? In 1998 was the first year of the BCS era where a computer ranking was going to rank the teams all year long. Um, and number one and two would always go play in the national championship game. And that game rotated between the BCS Bowl venues, right? So Orange Bowl, Sugar Bowl, Rose Bowl, and Fiesta Bowl. It, every four years, it was the championship game was rotating one of those games. And then eventually, they just made it a separate game. And it was at one of those venues. And that happened from... 98 all the way through 2013 right we had the bcs championship system where we had advanced finally to a point where we would always have a national championship game played between number one and two right but there was some controversy because it wasn't always cut and dry every single year right you think 2004 was one of the controversial years early on where we had three undefeated teams you had usc you had oklahoma and auburn and Auburn was number three, and they didn't get a shot at the national championship in 2004, right? Things like that would happen. That was the most controversial BCS year. Then you had, you know, different years where it seemed like the committee got it wrong, right? Like in 2001, there was controversy with Nebraska getting in in 1998. And in 2000, there was controversy with Florida State getting back in with one loss, right? You didn't always have two clear-cut undefeated teams, but a lot of years you did, and it worked out. Now, you think of the playoffs the last two years where we've had three undefeated teams, right? This year, LSU, Ohio State, Clemson. Last year, Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame. Both of these years would have been examples of nightmare scenarios for the BCS, right? Because three undefeated teams got to leave one at home. Anyway, we finally move on to the playoff system where now we use... We have the New Year's Six as opposed to just the BCS Four, right? And we rotate the semifinals to two of these games each year, right? And now we have a committee that picks the top four. And you know that whole spiel. I've gone over the playoff a lot and the committee, right? You know how we get to our final four now. And it's all about the four best teams, kind of slash most deserving. And your conference championship kind of matters. But at the end of the day, it's all about, you know, record. And it's still the old college football world of like preserving this championship race 
and keeping it exclusive for really, really good teams, right? Your unbeatens, your maybe your one loss, right? You look like you look at this year, right? You got three undefeated teams. Oklahoma, they're a really good, you know, twelve and one team, and they're kind of considered like, ah, probably can't get it done, right? I mean, this college football playoff is exclusive. That's how it is now. Okay. So that was a lot of history there, but I think it was important to just understand and grasp like the general premise of what the old systems were, how we got here. And of course now we're at a point where everybody wants an eight team playoff, an eight team playoff, right? What are all the arguments for an eight team playoff, right? Well, people still think that there's a lot of controversy between like the fours, five and six spots. And in some years that's been more true than others this year, right? No real debate. Uh, last year, there was a decent amount of bait at number four, right? You go back to the first year of the playoff 2014, there was some serious debate over four and what was going on with Florida State being undefeated. And then you had Baylor, TCU, Ohio State all thought they were going to get into that fourth spot. But of course, only one can get in. And those were years where you literally could have flipped a coin as far as who you picked for that fourth spot. And, you know, every fan base is going to complain when they don't get in, but it would it would have been even, right? Where so those are years that you see the controversy like okay maybe we need something more than four right so that's one of the arguments right we need more representation um conference champs and group of five right representation is basically a big argument that the big 10 got left out three years in a row the pac 12 doesn't get represented as much right you hear a lot of people from those conferences saying like hey like our champion sometimes is right there at the four or five, number six, and they don't make the the playoff, but they really deserve a shot at the title. So more representation. And then the group of five, right? They thought with this new 14 playoff, they were going to have more of a chance than the one year where UCF is undefeated. And if there was ever a time to put a, a, a group of five school in the playoff, it was that year 2017, because even though Alabama did end up winning it all, they, you could argue, didn't deserve their fourth spot. Ohio State at ten, at eleven and two didn't deserve the fourth spot. They end up giving it to Bama at eleven and one. But I think that would have been a perfect year if you were ever gonna let a group of five school into the playoff. Then that was a perfect year to do it. In my opinion, that just goes to show you that undefeated or not, we'll never see a group of five school in the playoff because it's gonna take a lot for them to get in. Right? That was a good year to do it, and they didn't do it. So people argue an 18 playoff for more representation, right? Like give the group of five schools a shot, whatever. Uh, another pro that some people argue is more games are better, right? There's more money. And then, you know, you got some of the cons to an 18 playoff. Some of those big arguments would you hear a lot, uh, the importance of the regular season and how that could diminish it. Uh, the field isn't deep enough. That's what a lot of 18 playoff people say, right? That the field isn't deep enough. You don't have enough good teams that there aren't eight teams that deserve a shot at the title, right? A lot of people say we barely have more than two. Um, they don't want flawed teams getting a shot, right? There's scheduling conflicts, right? Uh, when are you going to have the, this other game? Uh, what's it going to be? And how is it going to tie in with Conference Championship weekend and New Year's and the other bowl games, right? And the other argument is it ruins bowl games, which wasn't really an argument for the four-team playoff, but has become an issue, right, even with the four-team playoff, that some of these bowl games are di getting diminished. So a lot of people go against the eight-team playoff because they don't want to see the bowl games get even more diminished. I'm going to talk about a little later how I think that the eight-team playoff might actually be one of the only ways you can save bowl games 
and I'll explain and make that make more sense in a minute, but those are the general, general premises, right? Now, the problem is, I think of the giant camp of people lobbying for an 18 playoff, I just feel like there's a lot of confusion in that field of people, right? A lot of people assume that we would have the exact same system we have now, right? And that instead of the committee picking these top four seeds, and they would just move on to picking the top eight. And that it would still be the general race you see where, okay, resume and non-conference wins and strength of schedule and how bad are my losses and how good are my wins and, and comparing that to everybody else. But what I'm trying to get out here right now is that I don't think that would be the case. And here's where the research comes in. You've got to understand who owns the college football playoff. Who's the owner? It is the conferences, okay? The Big 12, the ACC, the SEC, the Big 10, right? The, the Power 5 conferences and the Group of 5. The conferences and the commissioners of those conferences, they are the owners of the college football playoff. They decide if there's ever going to be a change, what that change is going to look like. Now, in 12 years when it's over, maybe you have a chance to get some sort of an expanded playoff that looks more along the lines where the committee's still involved. But if we're going to move it up before 12 years, if it's going to happen before that, there's only one reason why. And it's because the conferences that agree to expand the playoff, they're only going to let that happen if there are automatic bids for the five conference champions and an automatic bid for the best group of five champion. So th this is the most important part in this whole discussion. So if you're an 18 playoff fan, some of you are already in this camp. Some of you people that are big about an 18 playoff, that is the model that you want, right? You've been saying, yeah, I want five conference champions, probably the group of five, and then you know your two at-larges. But I think there's another giant camp, uh, camp of people in this 18 playoff discussion that they don't agree with that. They don't want automatic qual bids for conference champions. They still don't want to see three lost teams in the playoff. They don't want to see divisions and these weird matchups. But I'm here to tell you that I think that's the only scenario it would be. So if you're an 18 playoff person, I think that means that you are in favor of five automatic bids for the power five and the group of five bid because there isn't going to be an 18 playoff without it. So, again, right, we can all have our fantasies, right? I, I have a fantasy for the playoff, right? I want to bring back the Big East, right? And I want the American to kind of, and I want six power five conferences and six of the tie-ins and it to be, right? But that it doesn't matter what I want. We can all have these fun scenarios. That's what dynasty mode on NCAA football used to be, right? For us to create those. And then you had reality. Well, the reality is, is that, these conferences aren't going to let expansion happen without an automatic bid for their champion. Okay, so then a lot of people are like, okay, well, if it is going to be like that, then we need to get rid of divisions and conference championship games. No, no, no. Again, be realistic. Follow the money. The conferences are also never going to get rid of their conference championship games, especially the SEC, right? Especially in the Big Ten. So those conference championship games are just such big money makers, and so are all the other ones. So the conferences are never going to get rid of those. Which means it's going to be very difficult for the conferences not named the Big 12 to get rid of their divisions so that their conference championship games are 
played the way the Big 12 does it, where you know it's the two best teams, right? Because if we are going to have automatic bids for these conferences, I think what a lot of people want to see in addition with that is making sure that each conference championship game that's played is guaranteed to be between the two best schools. Now let's let's hold on, right? I think the divisions overall have given us more often than not the two best teams in a conference, right? Typically the winner of each division happens to be that. But there are a great handful of years we can point to in different divisions and conferences where the two best teams in a conference were in the same division, right? I know in the ACC, that's happened a lot with Florida State and Clemson, right? There's been years out in the Pac-12 where it was probably Oregon and Stanford, right? In the SEC, they're really, the SEC is really good at giving us the two best teams in their conference, but there's been years, right, where it was LSU-Bama in the same division, and only one of them gets to go to the conference championship game, right? And right, we could see that in the Big Ten, where Ohio State and Michigan or Ohio State and Penn State are the best two teams in the conference, but they're in the same division. Only one of them goes to the conference championship game, and instead of playing the top two teams in the conference, it's a three-loss team gets in, right? Or a four-loss team even. Or, or what, like we saw in the ACC last year, uh, Clemson was playing an, a 7-5 and five Pittsburgh team that won a crazy division, right? The ACC Coastal just didn't have any great teams and a 7-5 and five team came out of there. So understand, in an 8-team playoff scenario, that 7-5 and five Pitt team upsets Clemson somehow, and they make an 8-team playoff. So let's go over this year. This year, if we had an 8-team playoff, this is exactly what it would look like. LSU at the 1, Ohio State 2, Clemson 3, Oklahoma 4, Georgia 5, Oregon 6, Baylor 7, and then Memphis at the 8 spot. And a lot of you might be thinking, whoa, whoa, wait, what? F- Florida is better than, than Oregon. Uh, Alabama might be better than Baylor, right? Like, so understand, Alabama doesn't make an 18 playoff this year. I, th- I think that's key, right? A lot of these SEC fans are the f- ones that want an 18 playoff because in their mind, they, they think, hey, if, if we can get almost two teams in, in the 14 playoff, we're probably for sure going to get like three teams a year in the 18 playoff. And, and I don't think that's the case. I think in an 18 playoff, the SEC, more often than not, still just going to get their two teams. You look this year, they they would get two teams, but Alabama's not in this playoff. Auburn's not in this playoff. Florida at 10-2 is not in this playoff. And that's because you do have these divisions, and Florida has to make the playoff over... I mean, Georgia has to make the playoff over Florida because Georgia was 11-1 going into Championship Saturday. Florida was already 10-2. Now Georgia's 11-2. And they have head-to-head over Florida. So that's why they stayed up there ranked, right? Oregon is 11-2. and two. There's some other two lost teams out there, right? Like Florida and Alabama that you might argue are better. But Oregon won the Pac-12, so they'd be an automatic bid. In this, in this scenario, they have the sixth seed. They're playing Clemson, right? Baylor, same story as Georgia, right? They only had one loss going into the championship game for the Big 12. So they can't really fall below teams with the same record now that didn't accomplish that, right? Didn't make it to the conference championship game. Teams like Florida, teams like Bama. So Baylor kind of stays above them too. And then Memphis, even though they're only ranked number 17, they're not a top eight team, but they're the best group of five team and they would get another automatic bid. So if you look at this, you've got LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, Oklahoma, Oregon, and Memphis. Those are your automatic bids. 
right? Those are the conference champions, the five conference champions, and the best group of five champions. So they get the automatic bids, leaving only two at-large bids. In this case, you'd have to be taking Georgia and Baylor into those games. So that's that's just the most important thing to moving forward, right? So now that you know what this playoff would look like, just a vision every year instead of focusing on right that top four instead of that resume, you're basically going to have five conference champions, a group of five champion, and then two at-larges. So what would that look like to you? Is that still the college football world that you wanted to go into? For some of you, you're like, yes, that's what I've been thinking this whole time. But I think for some of you, you've got to really evaluate like, okay, is that what I was wanting when I said to expand to an 18 playoff? Or was I thinking something else? Right? Because I think a lot of people that want an 18 playoff, they really like the 14 playoff. They like the exclusivity in their mind. They just think there's a couple more teams that deserve a shot. So they're in favor. And and, and not just 18 playoffs, 16 playoff fans. There's a lot of you guys out there too, right? There's a lot of people that want a 16 playoff or an 18 playoff. I think those are the camp of people that are like, look, we get the best four, but we think one or two more teams just deserves a shot, maybe a couple more. And I'm here to tell you that it's not going to happen without automatic bids. So let's, I mean, repeat after me, everybody. Just get that through your head. An 18 playoff will only come with automatic bids for the conference champions, okay? These conference commissioners are never going to agree to an 18 playoff where their conference champion isn't guaranteed a shot at that playoff, right? And then the group of five, they need to have their team get into and that's where it's really unfortunate right like the group of five or i want to say unfortunate but we've been blessed in the playoff era that usually that group of five champion that makes like the cotton bowl or the peach bowl they've been pretty good right ucf is probably an example of a team that even in a 14 playoff like they could have maybe done something but and this is even annoying for the group of five getting an automatic new year six bowl bid Right? It's it's okay when Memphis at twelve and one or UCF who's undefeated, right? Or Boise State's undefeated or twelve and one or, or what we had with Houston, Western Michigan that one year. When those teams make a New Year's Six Bowl, there's nothing wrong with that, I don't think. Kind of like how back in the BCS era where they weren't guaranteed a spot, but you go undefeated, you do what Boise State did in 06, right? What Utah did in 08, um, what uh Hawaii did in 07, right? You would make a BCS bowl. But at least the BCS could say, hey, if we actually feel you're on that level, you're invited. We're in, in this era with the New Year's Six era and the playoff, we get an automatic bid to the group of five champion. So we've had a group of five school in the New Year's Six every year since the playoff started. And most of those teams, I think, have deserved it. They've done, they've done pretty well. But technically, we could get a two, three loss group of five school in the New Year's Six, right? If there was enough parity of some stuff like that happened, if the American Conference kind of beat itself up and Boise State or Appalachian State weren't out there having these undefeated, you know, one-loss seasons, then you still would have to take that group of five school. And in an 18 playoff, it'd be the same thing. There could be some weird years where the best group of five school is has two or three losses, right? And we're used to a group of five school having to be undefeated to even make a BCS Bowl or to even make, a, you know, a Cotton Bowl. And now we're going to be letting them in a playoff. You know, so so some people have a problem with that. Same with the conference champions. As I said, I think it's possible that the conferences move towards 
you know, especially if we did have an 18 playoff and the conference champion was going, I think it's possible that the conferences like SEC, Big Ten, that they would start to move away from divisions. But you're going to have at least a couple years before they're able able to implement in that once they decide that that's something they want to do. So once they decide, okay, we got to get rid of our divisions, it's not like they just do that the next year, right? It's going to take a couple years to do that. Would that require conference realignment? Because remember, what allows the Big 12 to do that is the fact that they only have 10 teams. So they make every school play a nine-game schedule round robin, and you're guaranteed a rematch between the next two best teams. In the if the SEC, if the Big Ten, if the ACC, you know, Pac-12, if they all decided like, hey, screw our divisions, all of our teams are just going to play this conference schedule. We're going to take the top two teams at the end of the year. You potentially run into scenarios where you'd have a three-way tie because not everybody plays each other, right? The the SEC has 12 teams, 14 teams. So does the ACC. So does the Big Ten. So you can't and, and those only play an eight-team conference schedule. But even if they played a nine-game conference schedule, they're not going to play everybody. So you'd have certain years where possibly you have like an 11-1 Alabama team, Georgia team, and Florida team, or Florida would play Georgia. But you know what I'm saying, right? You could have three teams from one conference where maybe they didn't play, you have their two ties. It, it wouldn't happen very often, I don't think, but that would be a scenario. So they would try to schedule... You know, where it's like the top eight kind of play the top eight, the bottom eight from the previous year play the bottom eight, and, and that kind of changes. But that is one of the first issues when you're just talking about automatic bids and you have one conference, Big 12, which is kind of guaranteed to give you, right, that quarterfinal style game where some of these other conferences, although we get a quarterfinal style game all the time, right, like SEC this year delivered once again, right, you had... Ohio, or sorry, you had uh, LSU and Georgia, right? They were both top four. It essentially was a quarterfinal, right? Big Ten's done this a lot. Even the Pac-12 almost had that this year, right? They almost had a straight-up quarterfinal game. But the Pac-12 did give us its best two teams, right? Utah and Oregon were clearly the best two teams. So I think it's okay. It just depends on where you want to go, right? If you want those conference championship games to be more like these national games like we've seen in the past, right? If you're more of a traditionalist like I kind of am, you might want that. But there's also benefits to keeping the divisions because then, I mean, people talk about the regular season, diminishing the regular season. I don't know if you would say this diminishes it. You could definitely say that when it comes to the national championship race, that there's a little bit less urgency for those like top two, three, four, five teams throughout the year because they definitely can lose a game, right? You're more just trying to win your conference more than anything else. So those conference championship games are everything, right? Because again, there's only going to be two at-large bids. So you lose your conference championship game, there's a lot of years where that might knock you off, even though you maybe you're undefeated and there's still those chances of that, right? Who knows? But yes, some of these epic games are diminished just a teeny bit. But you could also make the argument that the regular season is getting a boost from the angle of you really care about these division races now. Remember a couple weeks ago, uh, before the season was over, I, I talked about some exciting division races that just didn't have playoff implications, right? Like the ACC Coastal this year. That Virginia Tech-Virginia game, right? Both teams 8-3 and three overall. The winner of that game was going to win that division, right? And of course, you knew most likely the winner was going to go get spanked by Clemson, and that's what happened with Virginia. But that game is way more on a national scale if you're saying like, hey, the winner of this game wins this division, and that's a big deal because the winner of the division gets to go to the conference championship game, which already happens, but 
if Virginia did knock off Clemson, they're not going to the playoff this year, right? It it would be a really cool upset, but they still would just go to the Orange Bowl like they're already in, right? Because they'd just be like a three-loss ACC champion. And some people are okay with that, right? You don't want them in the playoff. But in the 18 playoff scenario, Virginia or Virginia Tech in that game against each other, they're fighting to win that division because if they go to the conference championship game, they are in a de facto quarterfinal. Not, it's not de facto, it is a straight-up quarterfinal. And then if they're able to win that game, they're going to the playoff, an 18 playoff. So it makes all the division races throughout the year all more exciting, right? So when you get these games between a couple four-loss teams down the stretch, those games still might have a lot of meaning. Where now, if you lose two, three games early on the season, you you can make the argument that you don't have a lot to play for, right? You're... Even if you win, try to win your division, there's, there's just no playoff hope for a lot of teams that lose early, where this would keep everybody's playoff hopes alive a lot longer, right? And I think that's big, right, for recruiting, right? So a lot of these kids go to these schools, right? They, they want national championships, right? They want to make the college football playoff. And, you know, it's been pretty exclusive, and only a certain handful of schools can get into there, especially the way it's set up now. If you recruit kids and instead of saying like, hey, you're trying to make the playoff over all and make it a national thing, you're like, look, if you come to our school, we just got to beat these eight teams, right? We got to win this division and that'll put us in the conference championship game. And if we get to that conference championship game, we have a shot at going to the playoff, right? You could see maybe more parity in recruiting with the system like that and kids willing to go to all these other schools because they feel like their chance of making the playoff at some of these smaller schools is now increased, as opposed to like, oh, I got to go to Bama, I got to go to Clemson, I got to go to Oklahoma or an LSU, or I'm not going to ever play in a college football playoff, right? So that that's an interesting thing. Again, I'm just trying to put all these facts on the table so that people can take all this information and then decide if they still want to go down this route of 18 playoff. Now, everything I've said so far is pretty much like the factual stuff, like I said, why we would have to have automatic bids why we can't get away from that there will not be a, an 18 playoff system that doesn't have the automatic bids so you got power five conference champions getting in no matter what we can't just get rid of divisions overnight so for a while they're, they're gonna be there and we're having the conference championship games so just think about in your mind a world with with that because that's the stuff that for sure comes with an 18 playoff now the next things i'm going to talk about are things that there's some room for debate, right? For example, when and where do you play this new round of games? Some people think that they would be hosted at the campuses and you'd play them right after conference championship week. So you'd play the conference championship games and then you'd have that first round of the playoffs um, at home games on campus, right? So like this year, right, that means like LSU's hosting Memphis and you'd have... Ohio State hosting uh, Baylor and Clemson hosting Oregon and Oklahoma hosting Georgia. I don't think that that's how the playoff would go down. I don't think you could have these campus games for a number of reasons. Number one, a lot of schools are having finals around that time, and there's just not a lot of good that could come out of putting you know, hundreds of thousands of people in these towns during those weeks, right? Another thing is, you have to think about the bowl games. And remember what people said about diminishing the bowl games. The bowl games, especially the New Year's Six, they're not going to stand, I don't think, for 
having playoff games be played before them, right? So if you're the Rose Bowl, if you're the Sugar Bowl, if you're the Peach Bowl, Orange Bowl, you're already mad, right? In the years where you're not hosting the four-team playoff, you have to deal with your game being kind of diminished compared to what it's always been under the BCS era, under the poll era, right? Specifically like the Rose Bowl, the Orange Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, right? These historic bowls, they, they don't like the fact that, hey, when I'm not a playoff game, people just don't care about my bowl game like they used to, right? Specifically think of the Rose Bowl. They're the granddaddy of them all. And that's why they will always be on New Year's Day. That's why we only get the four-team playoff on New Year's when it's during the Rose Bowl. Because the Rose Bowl said, hey, when we're not the playoff, we still want to be on New Year's Day. We still want to be this premier bowl game. And sometimes, you know, players sit out of these New Year's Six games, which is sad. So they're already mad. Now imagine if you had playoff games going on before you even went and played in Rose Bowl. That's just going to diminish the value of those bowl games even more. So I think the big bowl games are going to be aware of that, and they're going to say, no, 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 right? The Rose Bowl, right, the Sugar Bowl, they don't want you coming to play in their bowl game after you've played a, a playoff game, right? Your, your bowl game, your last game of the year, is supposed to always be the biggest game of the year. And right now, even though sometimes you have teams that aren't as excited to, when they don't make the playoff, that's generally the case, right? You can say still that a Rose Bowl is bigger than like a conference championship game, but then a regular season game for the most part. It's not the playoff, but it's the next best thing. Well, you go play in playoff games the week after conference championship game, and then you, you lose, so you're not advancing to the four-team playoff, and then you go to a Cotton Bowl from there, or a Sugar Bowl or a Rose Bowl from there, that's going to make that bowl game not seem like it's, it's a big deal. So what I think is going to happen is that the other four New Year's Six bowl games will be used as the first round of the college football playoff, and you'll still have the semis at the other two. So like this year, right, the Peach Bowl and the Fiesta Bowl are the semifinals, right, of the New Year's Six, and it rotates. I think if the, we had the 18 playoff this year, that means that the first four games would be played at the Rose Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, the Orange Bowl, and the Cotton Bowl, right? And then the winners, the four winners would play in the Peach Bowl and the Fiesta Bowl, right? And then that semifinal would rotate. So like this year, it's the Peach Bowl and the, the Fiesta Bowl, then it's the Rose Bowl and Sugar Bowl, and then it becomes the Orange Bowl, right? And, and Cotton Bowl, it just switches, and the national championship game rotates like it does now, right? So I think that's what they would do. But the only problem with that, it then comes scheduling. Like, when do you do this? Because like I said, you're not going to play those bowl games like the week after championship weekend, right? But then if you have them on the first, right? If you have that first round, those first four games on the 28th or the, or the first or that weekend, then all of a sudden the semis aren't till a week later. And then the championship's not till a week after that. So you're really pushing the title game out. And if you want to still have the semifinals be played on the first or that weekend, then, then when do you play the first four? You play them on the 26th, like a couple days after Christmas or like Christmas Eve. Before See, the Christmas throws off that, that part of the calendar too. So finding that perfect balance of where they put those games and when, I think that's going to be the actual main challenge with the 18 playoff. And I honestly think that, that it's that conversation that holds it back more than anything else. I think the conference commissioners, for the most part, are like, yeah, let's let's get all the teams in there. Let's get all that representation. I think they're down with that. 
but they just know that, okay, what are we going to do with divisions? What are we going to do with, you know, playing these new games? And would we move the entire season forward, you know? And then if you make it all the way to the national championship game, that would be your 16th game as a player, right? So you're essentially talking an NFL schedule for whichever team makes it that far. I think those are the kind of the discussions that are that would hold it up more than anything at this point because it does seem like it is coming sooner than later. Now, this is a year that may have slowed it down a little bit, right, some of that momentum because it was such an easy year to pick the four teams, right? The years where we have the most controversy there at four, five, six, right, those are the years that, if anything, are going to speed this up or when we see a conference continually getting left out, like the Big Ten there was for a little bit, like the Pac-12 has been kind of slightly so... So I don't know. So we'll see, right? That That's kind of the layout of the land of like what the 18 playoff would look like. Those are some of the logistics around it. So now it's like, what, what do you think, right? I personally think that I could be okay with this, right? I don't know. I've been on the fence this whole time, right? I was not even really a big fan of the 14 playoff. I liked the BCS. I liked college football set up that way. And when we went to the 14 playoff, I was like, all right, I get it, right? It, you get your New Year's six, that's awesome. And then two of the New Year's six are just like slightly bigger because they're semis. But we still get our college football season. We still get New Year's six. Well, I've been kind of proven wrong in that sense. I mean, we do get that and we're blessed. But at the same time, it has been kind of sad for nerds like me to see the game get to a point where, yeah, some of those bowl games aren't as big of a deal when they're not playoff games. And in my mind, like I've always said, right, the Sugar Bowl, the Rose Bowl, Orange Bowl, Cotton Bowls, like you go to those bowl games and you play, whether it's playoff or not, like that's a big deal. That's the whole season, right? I've always thought like the team should be on the mindset of like, hey, we're, our goal is to make a New Year's Six Bowl. And if we're lucky and make the playoff, like that's an even bigger deal. But this attitude of like playoff or bust and, oh, these other bowl games aren't that big of a deal. Players not wanting to play sometimes. That's just kind of ruined the bowl games, and that's what's made me not as big of a fan of the four-team playoff as I probably would have been. And that's why I'm kind of open to, okay, if we do get an eight-team playoff, but we use those six bowl games as the entire playoff system, that almost in a way brings it back, right? Now, you'd have all these players making eight-team playoff, making these bowl games that mean something to them now, and you're not going to, the Cotton Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, we are guaranteed to have every one of those games be a big deal now right? Yeah, we might get blowouts, like, but we've been getting blowouts already in a lot of these games. So, and I think, you know, people would have different attitudes because what we see in the the other New Year's Six games is there's like, like some teams really want to be there, some teams don't. And that kind of then plays with what happens there at the end and who beat two. An 18 playoff, all these teams, all eight of these teams, right? Whether they're an undefeated team, a two-loss conference champion, whoever it is, all the teams that get there, they're going to be motivated to win those games. And when you have those first four games, right, that's a day that's going to be awesome. You'd probably have them on the same day or back-to-back days, right? Go two and two. And it's just like you have your four first-round playoff games, right, with your big bowl games. Then a week later, you got your semis and then your national championship. I mean, there would be a lot of fun to that. You know, the regular season's still going to be a big deal. Like I said, you look at all the teams that wouldn't have made an 18 playoff this year, and it's still some good teams, right? Florida, Alabama, right? Auburn. These teams aren't making an 18 playoff. The Penn State, right? Minnesota, Wisconsin, right? These teams aren't making an, an 18 playoff this year, and they still had really good seasons. So there still would be a lot of controversy and excitement at the end on who gets in and who doesn't 
And I'm telling you, the idea that one of these, you know, four, five, six, seven, eight seeds couldn't get in there and make it to the semis, I think that's crazy. I think pretty soon we would see that happen. I understand the notion of like, okay, well, we've had blowouts in the semifinals already. What makes you think that if we expanded another round, it would just be even bigger blowouts? And because there's something tough about winning three games in a row against good to great competition. So I think even a one seed, right? Yeah, a one seed would play an eight seed and then hypothetically would play the four seed and then the championship game. But those three games in a row are very difficult. And I think for any team, whether you're the one seed or the eight seed going into that playoff, just winning three games in a row is very tough. And, and upsets would happen, right? It's the same thing like what we see with the basketball tournament. So you got your 18 playoff layout. Okay, have I missed anything I want to talk about? I don't think so. I mean, that, that's pretty much been it, right? The, the main summary, the main premise of this episode, what I'm trying to point out to you, more than arguing for or against it, is just getting out there what it is. Because we need to know what we're arguing for and against. And I think too many people say, yeah, 18 playoff, but how picky are you? Would you Do you still want an 18 playoff if it's not going to be the 18 playoff you wanted? Right? So the people that are fans of a best eight teams, 18 playoff format, which I'm telling you isn't going to be the case. Are you still an 18 playoff guy now that you know what the true scenario is, right? How many people are truly fans? Because understand, this would drastically change college football, right? The 14 playoff, although it had pros and cons and little minute things it did for bowl games and stuff like that, college football was still generally college football, the same it was in the BCS and late poll era, right? But an 18 playoff, and again, I don't think it would ruin the regular season. I don't think it would just destroy the college football appeal. I think it, I think it could send it potentially in a crazy great direction and take college football to heights we've never seen. I, I don't know that for sure. I think it's a risk. But one thing that is for sure is that college football would be different, right? You would move to more of this NFL format where, hey, it's all about division races now and everything starts with your division and then moves on to your conference and if for some reason you can't win your division and or conference you're hoping maybe you get not large but you're talking two teams and that's those two teams are going to be hard to pick and then how would we pick those two teams most likely it wouldn't be a committee still it would be like a sagarin ranking or some sort of formula we saw at the bcs right some sort of ranking system that picked those teams and what are we going to get with non-conference mashups now? I, I know some people are like, oh, we don't need those because if I win my conference, I get in. So why play a tough non-conference schedule? But you can make the same argument the other way. Hey, I know all, all I have to do is dominate conference play. So I'm going to go schedule a bunch of challenges. And if I know if I lose them, it's not going to keep me out of the playoff. I, I personally think if you do want to get some of my opinion there, that if we went to this route, I would require my scheduling change that I want done, right? Where okay, you only play power five teams and the group of five. So every every team, especially the power five conference teams, they're going to play 11 games a year versus power five schools, right, which includes their conference games, and then they get one group of five game, no more FCS games. If that mandate went across the board, the schedules would be even enough to where maybe we just go your division, record, 
is the same thing as your overall record. So winning your conference is just based on your overall record as opposed to like your conference record, division record. So that's how you would win your division and or your conference, right? And get to be the two best teams in your conference to play in that championship game. Your overall record, right? If everybody was playing these Power 5 games, you wouldn't have a problem with that as much. You know, but obviously, like I said, that might be more of the pipe dream because let's say we get the 18 playoff, let's say we get the automatic bid, that doesn't mean they're just going to come in and do what I wanted, right? That comp, that schedule mandate would take a lot of work too. And as much as we want the FCS games to go away, it, there's a lot of money involved with those and that might never happen. So there's just a lot up in the air, a lot up in the air. And I don't even know if I was able to cover it all here just now. There, there's more issues than just what I was talking about, but... I wanted to get the general premise out there, right, after doing the research, after understanding who owns the conferences and what they're going to accept as a playoff model and what they will not accept, right? Now that we kind of know what that is, I'd love to hear everyone's thoughts. So, again, tweet me. You know my the Twitter for the show is uh, at, is, uh, at uh, let's talk underscore CFB. And then you know my personal Twitter, at Michael underscore K87, right? Let me know what you think about this 18 playoff. I'd like to hear everybody's thoughts, like, this is what I would do, right? Or just respond, like, hey, now that I know what the situation is, I'm still for or I'm still against an 18 playoff, right? And all the different pros and cons. All right, everybody, that's all I have. Just wanted to run through that thing with the 18 playoff. Um, going to be doing some other shows leading up to these bowl games and playoff games here. I think I'm going to do one show specifically about my top 10 favorite uh, New Year's Six bowl games. Not including like national championships or playoffs. I'll do that um, later. But just specifically New Year's Six games, my top 10 of all time. So I'm going to be putting that list together and we'll go over that next time. All right. See you guys. Have a good one.